You're listening to the Together Church Podcast. Today you're going to hear a message from our series, The Land Between, where we learn how to find God in the difficult transitions of life. I hope today's message will inspire you and push you to be more like Jesus. Your position has been eliminated, or the tumor is malignant. We think mom had a stroke. How soon can you get here? Or maybe you've heard this word, I don't love you anymore. Or your mother and I are getting a divorce. Or even dad, I'm at the police station. You know, it's in a single sentence that we can find ourselves ripped from what is normal and find ourselves in this new world, can't we? We we get thrown into a new land of being suddenly single, a valley of grieving, a new vocabulary of chemotherapy, or maybe even a new weekly routine of visiting mom at the nursing home. In our more confident, faith-filled moments, we know that we will regain our footing and find some kind of balance in what we call this new normal. But for now, it seems that we are simply between and at a loss as to how to navigate this terrain. Today, we're starting a brand new series called The Land Between. It's learning to find God in the difficult transitions of life. This sermon series is not, it's not going to be about how to swiftly move out of this land between, but instead how to find God in this transition. Because I believe that the land between, the space where we feel lost or even deeply wounded, is fertile ground for our spiritual transformation and for God's grace to be revealed to us. The land between does not have to be a land of defeat. God intends for us to emerge from this land radically reshaped. But the process of transformational growth will not occur automatically. You see, our response to God while in the land between is what we will determine whether our journey through this desert will result in deep, positive growth or spiritual decline. You know, there's there's an old quote that says this, Time heals all wounds. That statement is not necessarily true, is it? Some people do, in fact, heal over time, while others become deeply bitter. That's the funny thing about the land between. It it forces us to choose to either get better or to get bitter. And while offering us a greenhouse for growth, the land between can also be this desert place where our faith goes to die if we let that happen. You know, the place in Scripture where We see this play out is in the desert wanderings of the Israelites. We have this shepherd named Moses. He's out there tending the sheep out in the desert of Midian. He's with his father-in-law, Jethro. He, he, He knows the ins and outs, right? He knows the terrain. He's been walking this ground for over 40 years. But one day while he's out in this desert, he happens to stumble onto something he's never seen before. And I would even say that sometimes in these normal places, these everyday places, is where we can encounter God if we'll just look. You know, a bush that is burning is what he sees. And so this bush is burning, but yet it's not being consumed. And as he stood looking at this bush, it begins to talk. Now think about that. You're out in the desert. You've been walking this ground for years. And now you see something that may be a little abnormal, a bush on fire That is talking to you. And so he stands there looking at this bush as it's speaking. And see, what he quickly realizes is God is speaking to him through this bush. God is revealing his plans to Moses and recruits him to 
deliver these Israelites who have been in captivity for years to get them out of the hands of the Egyptians and take them into the promised land. He says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them, get this wording, to bring them out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land that is flowing with milk and honey. If you have read the story, you'll see that Moses, he has some reluctancy. He, he doesn't want to accept this leadership charge from God. Matter of fact, he says, God, I'll bring them out of the land of slavery, and I'll put them into the promise. And it sounds like a short trip in theory, doesn't it? But notice that nothing is mentioned about this amount of time that the people, the Hebrews, are going to spend in this desert place. You know, the land between, we now know it took them 40 years to get from point A to point B. The only thing that separates them from the promised land is this barren wilderness. And it's here where they'll spend a considerable time before moving into this brand new home called the promised land. And there are going to be some pivotal events that, that take place in that desert, that God has them in that desert to draw them closer to him. So their dependency is more on him than anything. It's pivotal events like receiving the Ten Commandments or when they were there to build this portable worship tent. The desert was not intended to be their final destination, but rather as a necessary middle space where they'll be formed as a people and established in their connection with God. And even through Egypt, I mean, even though that was a land of slavery, a land of suffering and agony, I mean, Egypt also had some really good things. There was less vegetation. There was rich waters of the Nile River that helped the vegetation to flourish. Their future home was also a place that was notable for its prosperity. You know, God described the promised land as a place that was flowing with milk and honey. But in between these two lush places was wilderness. It's this middle space that will serve as what we will call our metaphor for the undesired transitions of our life. This land was pivotal in their formation as a people because it is where they would be transitioned from a people of slavery to a people of God. It's in the desert that God intends to reveal himself to his people. He demonstrates his great power over and over and over to them. Why? Because he is showing the Israelites that they can trust him as their God. And we see over and over and over again that the Israelites struggle with trusting God while in this land of between. In Numbers chapter 11, we actually see God revealing his power through providing food for this starving nation. He says this in Numbers chapter 11, starting in verse 4, he says the rabble with them began to, to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt. Did you catch that? We remember the fish that we ate at Egypt, and it was at no cost. Also, the, we remember these cucumbers and melons and leeks and onions and garlic. They're, they're just remembering every little detail about the food that they had in Egypt while in this middle of transition of desert. But then they say this, but now, but now we've lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Now, what was manna? I mean, manna doesn't sound as delicious as these cucumbers and these melons and this fresh fish. And 
onions and garlic. Manna, you know, the Hebrew word for it actually means, what is it? <laughs> I mean, literally, what is it? Because that was the question that the Israelites asked when the manna appeared on the ground with the morning dew. Every morning, get this, every morning the Israelites would wake up and they would pick up the manna from the ground. It was free. didn't cost them a thing. All they had to do was pick it up, and when it was ready, just grab it. But eventually, eventually, the blessing became something to complain about. Sounds like us too, doesn't it? Often the things that we pray for, ask God for, the blessing that he gives us will soon become the thing that we complain about. The Israelites have been in the desert for two years already. God provided his manna every day, manna for breakfast, manna for lunch, and manna for dinner. And I can imagine that it got old really fast, so naturally they begin to complain. Even when God was faithful to provide, it is so easy to forget what God has done for us. The complaints spread throughout the camp. It was the talk of the town. In, in Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6, they say this, If we only had meat... We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but the manna. You see, they're longing for the food of Egypt. This is more than the actual food. The manna is getting to them. But they're angry and they're bitter. And they're angry and bitter about this weary existence that they have in this land between. So what's next for the people? What, what do people do? What do they do after they've experienced the powerful hand of God who demonstrated through plagues of Egypt, after seeing the waters of the Red Sea begin to be split, after being delivered from the armies of Egypt? It's not what you would think they would do. They took on this spirit of complaint. They, they were actually longing to go back to Egypt, go back to the place of slavery. Because the place of slavery, they found more comfort than the place of transition. Their, their attitude gets pretty ugly, doesn't it? But let's for a second consider our actions. Because you and I, we too can have some pretty ugly responses in the land between, can't we? I mean, we read stories like this in the Scripture, and it's easy for us to place ourselves above the people involved to view ourselves as we're superior. And we think these people are dumb. I would never react like that. Those are famous last words. In order for this story to work in our lives, we need to see ourselves as prone to the same weaknesses and that we're capable of the same failings and tempted to the same sins as the people in Israel and the people, the Hebrew people. When was the last time that you were sick and tired? When's the last time that you were sick and tired? You know, I, I would ask this question as you journey through the land between, what is wearing you out? What is the thing that is draining your energy and robbing your joy? And as we grow sick of a situation, we grow sick of um, the land between. We're weary of the land between. Where might frustration be popping up or morphing into a spirit of complaint and taking up residence in your heart? You see, we may think that nothing grows in the desert, but, but don't make this mistake to, to fall into that thought process. Because the land between is very fertile soil for complaint and discontentment. It's in this land that God wants us to trust him completely. So don't let past experiences disrupt what God is trying to do now. I mean, how will we allow God's movement in the past 
to encourage our obedience right now in the present. We have to learn to see that you and I can fully trust God even when the situations we face in the land between don't seem to have an answer. God is looking for faithfulness because when you get out of the land of slavery and into the promised land, he will be the one to get the glory. Think about it this way. Have you ever taken your kids to a pool? I mean, if so, have you ever asked any of your kids to jump from the edge of the pool into your arms? I mean, you hold out your arms and you shout, jump! And you'll say things like, I'll catch you, I promise you can trust me. Now let me ask you an obvious question. How can your children make you look and feel good? By trusting you and jumping into your arms. See, when your kids take that leap of faith and they make you look strong and make you look wise and make you look loving, they, they make you look and feel good. But when they refuse to jump, they shake their heads and they run away from the edge of the pool and they make you look bad. It appears that they are saying, my daddy can't catch me or he won't catch me. Or it's not a good idea to do what he tells me to do. All three of those responses make you look bad. However, when any of your children trust you and jump in spite of their fear, they give you glory. See, sometimes we allow the fear to keep us from jumping to God. We worry about the outcome. We oftentimes will begin to question if God will even catch us. You see, trust is the theme that we're going to see over and over and over again throughout the book of Exodus. No matter how many times that he held his arms out for God to catch him, they still questioned him. They still questioned him. But God is trying to get you and me to come to this place where we can consciously, in our minds and in our emotions and in our wills and in our bodies, acknowledge and admit our utter and absolute dependence upon him so that we can translate that into everyday behavior and our actions and our thoughts and our feelings, and that's it. That's what God wants us to do is trust him with every area of our life. And as we begin to recognize the identity of Jesus, we should trust in who he is. I mean, he understands our pain. He knows your sin, and he loves you anyway despite that sin. He is the authoritative one who can come and change your death to life. He can forgive your sins and bring about a new sense of righteousness to you. You're his, and we trust him with everything. We trust him with finances. We trust him with our jobs. We trust him with our spouses, our children, our families. We ask him to take these things and use them to build the stones of his kingdom so many can come to know him. It's in this land between that it's not where we want to be, but it's not where we're going to eventually be. It is a place of transition in this land between. It's in this place that God can do his greatest work and create within us this desire to be more like him, this desire to trust him more. Our spiritual transformation can happen in the land between if we will just trust God with what we have. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you so much for every person listening today. I just pray for a blessing over their life. I pray that no matter where they are in the transition of their life, that they will just stop and look up and see you at work, that they will see that you are a loving God who can be trusted, and we just need to jump into your arms, and you will catch us. And Father, I just ask now that we will begin to re-see 
our situation of this land between, not as a place of defeat, but as a place of spiritual transformation, because you're going to do something great in and through us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. For more information on our church or even to find other sermons, you can always visit us at wearetogether.church. Thanks again for joining